This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Russia culture, but as I said, joined by Michael Cedric to look ahead to Raw tonight. But before we do that, it was, of course, WrestleMania backlash last night. And I've been looking forward to asking this question all day, Siege. It kept me awake last night. What did you make of WrestleMania backlash and the zombies? It is shocking how little I felt watching the zombies. Mm. I've made a couple of tweets about it. Made a couple of jokes. Everyone's made some jokes. I've got a confession, right? I didn't really pay that much attention to... Because I watched it on delay, skipped the entrances um, in anticipation of my kids waking up and the embarrassment I would feel having my six-year-old son know that I watch something lamer than he does every <clears> single day. So, no. In order to act, like to actually capture the experience of watching a show that I then have to review for the website and um, the star ratings article for which you can read on whatculture.com slash WWE right now. So here's the thing, right? I put it on. I skip the opening bit. I zone out the commentary as a rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I skip, skip, skipped any backstage segments. Oh, what's Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso say oh, the exact same thing they say on SmackDown, right? Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> So what I'm getting at here in my customary long-winded way is that I didn't know or didn't pay attention to the fact that this show was brought to you by Army of the Dead. Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Yeah, that's the one. Right. So I didn't get that it was a tie-in until it was mentioned and I paid a bit more attention as the match unfolded with the zombies. Because it's WWE and because I think so little of them, right, I legitimately thought... All right, well, they're trying to get um, Damien Priest over as this, like, dark, cool, badass character. (laughs) 
So he's so much of a metal badass that he's brought out zombies. I thought it was just an, an attempt to get like Damien Priest over as some kind of metal head and, you know, metal and horror are inextricably linked in the cultural sphere. And I just thought that he just had zombies because they wanted yeah. them to look cool. And I realized, all right, it's a tie in. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Terrifying glimpse into pro wrestling's future. What if this becomes a thing? And um, what if, AEW has to keep pace with this thing to make more supplemental money. I know they've done the Godzilla Kong thing, but Jesus Christ, they had big scary guys and a dinosaur who isn't actually a dinosaur and they slapped a graphic on it. Yeah, That's fine. You're not asking your audience to perceive a brand new wavelength of context and thought that is just not pro wrestling at all like this match did. But honestly, generally, Wilborn, I thought, all right, they're trying to make Damien Priest look metal. That was my first thought. And I, all right, it's a tie-in. And it's just, people might say, oh, you know, Lucha Underground did this sort of stuff and you were fine with it then. First of all, never watched Lucha Underground, really. No. Mm-hmm. I've seen scattered bits of Lucha Underground. It does not matter mm. at all. You can't, in the context of WWE, which is meant to be like, meant to be an emulation of something that could conceivably happen right and even when it isn't with the fiend or far fewer examples of the undertaker than you remember right even if something supernatural happens fair i guess sell it sell it as something that is absolutely horrifying that you never thought plausible on this plane of existence Mm. sell it the Miz is looking at these people who could conceivably eat his flesh. Uh-huh. They could conceivably disembowel him, eat his innards, and then his brains, not necessarily in that order. And he's going, well, you know what? They actually look like they're obeying the rules. I'll try a figure four. This might not end that badly. Look at them. They're, they're doing all right as lumberjacks. Um, I'm going to do a figure four. Let's see how this plays out. Just an atrocity. You can do tie-ins if you like. You can do anything within reason, if you like. Just do them well. It's the idea that they have to sell and not sell these zombies. They have to work a match in front of these zombies, and they realize, hang on, these oh, I might get my brains eaten here. We should probably attack the remorseless zombies, the encroaching zombies who are driven totally by murderous bloodlust, the inevitable zombies who aren't inevitable when they are when they are obeying the lo- obeying the rules of a fucking lumberjack match. Yeah. Otherwise, they are going to eat my brain. Uh, I've got a wrestling match to work. Well, I'll just do the figure four. The mic killers. The mic killers. Who knows? It's just I, again. I just I don't expect anything less from this company. It's no big Ferrari. It's no big shark jumping moment. It's nothing to get upset or pissed off about. Just take take the piss. And legitimately, I'm not doing a bit when I said I didn't realize it was an army of the dead tie-in because I had fast-forwarded fast forwarded through all the hype. Just thought I'd something that they think would make Damien Priest look cool and badass. Does that mean you missed the bit where John Morrison went to get went to speak to the lumberjacks? No, I saw that. No, no, no. Um, so during many- the match. 
So many Butner Boy Poppers in this, where Morrison went to a changing room that was just labelled Lumberjacks. You're in the Lumberjacks changing room today. Goes in, there's all the zombies in there. Just shut the door. They've been in there and they haven't spilled out and someone's not come through and gone, there's zombies back here, mate. Shut the door. If Morrison shuts the door, that doesn't happen. Like you say, uh, a penny for, what's his name? Adnan's thoughts. Welcome to WWE, three weeks in. Right, you're going to have to sell zombies and leg it on commentary. If Pat McAfee would have been there, he'd have bloody dealt with it. It was just because it was a Raw match, but there you go. And then, yeah, like you say, brains, brains, but I don't want to cause a DQ, so I'll wait till, wait till they go to the outside of the ring. I mean, here's the thing as well. So not selling it was bad because you're about to get your brains eaten. That is bad. What else is bad is, right, okay, everything we know about zombie movies is that you need a sawn-off shotgun to stand a hope in hell of surviving. A double-barreled shotgun or a sawn-off shotgun straight to the dome, blast the heads off, mm-hmm. hope to God who you suddenly believe in to get you out of this, that you have enough ammo to subdue this wave upon wave of the dead who mutate in number exponentially through the nature of the virus. If you don't have a gun, you're screwed. Right, let's do some working punches. (laughs) I mean... So just to clarify, Morrison obviously got pulled from the barricade... Miz got consumed, engulfed post-match. Is we going to get Miz and Morrison as zombies tonight, or are they just going to go, oh, yeah, well, that was a load of bollocks, wasn't it? I mean, yes. Yes, yes, yes. They are not going to sell us at all. Not remember where last year at Money in the Bank, Alistair Black was sent to his doom. Rey Mysterio was sent to his doom. And then his eye got pulled out. Like, what are they going to do? Uh, they can't possibly sell this. They like The Miz. They put the title on The Miz ahead of WrestleMania because he's a, an effective ratings draw. He is an effective ratings draw to modern WWE audiences. They're not going to... For how long can you sell disembowelment? Forever. Yeah. Because all, you're all dead. Else. I was trying to rip off my my wedding ring as soon as I saw the Miz was out of the picture and Maurice was te- technically potentially a free agent. So that was enjoyable. And I have to tell you about the experience of watching that with one Ben Roy Turner is one I will never, ever forget either. What, what did he do? He, uh, he loved it. He was showing me the DVD of Wrestlers vs. Zombies, which features Roddy Piper and uh, Angle and some other chumps fighting zombies. So he's he's far more... He's far more into the lore of wrestling zombies. And by the way, we kind of have to review the ECW zombie tomorrow, don't we, for the five-star review review? Uh, probably, yeah. Probably, 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 yes. So you've got your big break in ECW. You're facing the Sandman as a zombie. Just, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to that tomorrow. Um, did you watch the kickoff show? Silly question. Did you watch the match on the kickoff show? Yes, I did. I have to review it. Ricochet, I was more offended by Ricochet than the zombies, and I'm not even kidding. Well, this sort of leads me to tonight's, tonight's thing, obviously, with fallout from WrestleMania backlash is potentially Sheamus, despite the fact he just won the match clean, wanting revenge, because briefly, Ricochet stole his head and his coat. 
Ricochet could not have looked more like a complete dickhead tosser in that moment. Lost clean in the middle. Right, you've lost. Piss off. Train harder. Next time. And you had the advantage because Shames didn't know who he's facing. Indeed. Like, it's... <laughs> it's also warped. It's a, it's a valiant babyface thing to do, the open challenge. And I know it was imposed upon him, but you still... I don't know why you would do it on a character like Seamus, who's an actual not-chicken heel. He can handle his own business. He's just nasty with it. That's his heel character. I don't know why he was asked to do this. Well, because they can't book and they mm. can't write for certain characters is the reason. But, you know, he doesn't want to do it, but he's still good at it and he beats everyone clean. No one gets the rub, which is the whole point of an open challenge. The open challenge is meant to be a succession of matches that you have no intention of doing a switch for. But the idea is, Somebody gets over in defeat. Mm. Cena, Cody Rhodes, two modern examples of it. Both worked wonderful. Uh, both both worked wonders. I don't get why this is happening. Ricochet lost clean in the middle, right? He was outwitted in the match. What happened is that he tried to do a 6.30 cent on. He landed on his feet because he realized that Sheamus had rolled out the way. Because he had realized that Sheamus had rolled out the way, he thought, right, I'll do it with a roll-up. And then he still got need in the face and he lost. Fair and square. What a dickhead. Just the worst person. Yeah. He, not only did he take the guy's hat, not his property, not only did he try and get vengeance for nothing, making him look like an asshole. he did a stupid dance, mm-hmm. looking like a complete geek. And then he threw the hat at Seamus and ran away like a bitch. Yeah. And he had the temerity at the top of the ramp who's to say something along the lines of, come on, do something, do something. Well, he was going to, and then he ran away. Yeah. I hate the baby faces in this company. They are such arseholes. And the reason why they are such arseholes is because Vince McMahon is an arsehole who no longer can even pretend to recognize a good human characteristic. People were speculating in the chat as well that the reason... Ricochet was wrestling in jeans because he didn't even turn up with his gear because he was like, well, I won't be wrestling on this pay-per-view. And then they were like, okay, we've not got Umberto Korea anymore. Who's another flippy guy? Ah, bollocks, we'll just get this one. He, he's he's still partially over with the fans. But yeah, like you say, you know, I hate to hark back to, it's not worth it. Not like Jack's fell on her ass. I mean, she's still champion, but it's not worth it. The way you, you know, they were saying, oh, what, you know, how's Seamus going to respond to this? Why would he respond? He's beat him. He's still got his title. I know it wasn't for his title, but he's not even like he lost his non-title match. He beat him, and then some petulant kids, like you say, beat him up and wore his jacket briefly. What a load of bollocks. This was almost more bollocks than the bloody zombies, mate. It was for me. It was for me. Because the zombies is a one-off, just super-brained idea to get an extra little bit of cash in addition to the peacock thing. Um... That was naked capitalism as idiocy. This was institutional company values. Mm -hmm. So abhorrent, so stupid, so lame and cringe and irritating that you can't then take the next six months to a year of a baby face push seriously because you know they're capable of something like this. Why would they just... You can't get behind these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. (sighs) A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Let's before we talk about some more of the fallout in terms of the raw brand. Let's talk about some of the the SmackDown matches, uh, particularly, of course, the main event: Roman Reigns versus Zara. You and I, are big fans of what happened there. Like remarkably sophisticated for a WWE main event. This, I was really pleased watching it because, yeah. Roman did cut some of his monologues as he has wanted to do, which I don't like because he tends to substitute those for story beats, which is just exposition, which I just, I hate. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I get heat for hating exposition on Twitter, so I shouldn't mention it too much here. He did it more in the vein of trash talk than monologuing and acting and auditioning, so I didn't get too pissed off. There are very, it just didn't feel like a WWE match, and I vehemently disliked WWE at large at the moment. So I was completely grateful for that. (laughs) An incredibly sophisticated storytelling match with an incredibly nuanced selling performance from Cesaro. It was something more to admire than it was to be blown away by. Mm. Yet I admired it so much that I was just happy to go along for the slow burn ride. And I love a slow burn match. Absolutely love it. Hiroshi Tanahashi is on my Mount Rushmore. Um, This wasn't quite on that level of his best matches, but... It was still just a great match. All the better for not being beholden to so many WWE tropes. Like Cesaro's selling was so nuanced and detailed and not like histrionic at all. Mm. Just thought it was a great, great pro wrestling match. It kind of got a little bit boring during Roman's control sequences at times, I won't lie. Um, But, you know, that's just WWE for you. Maybe yeah. it's the time of the night I watch it, but as I was about to complete that thought, I realized well, I get up at four and I'm gripped by dynamite. So, yeah, I mean, like, I really enjoyed that match. It was a match of the night for me, without question, obviously. Uh, and the the fallout from it all with with Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins' brief tease with Roman, and you know, obviously they've got Hell in a Cell next, and maybe it's going to be Jimmy. I, I felt a bit sorry for Cesaro that no one came out to save him, but I'm just glad there wasn't shenanigans in this match. To be fair. 
Uh, and I do like the fact that WWE used to openly acknowledge, because I got wound up when I first saw it. I was like, why have they put Hell in a Cell there? And I was like, oh, they recognize that no one can actually see matches in Hell in a Cell. So we'll put that on when there's no fans in attendance and save money in the bank and, you know, our good shows for when people can actually come and see it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, I've got genuinely quite happy, mainly because we are one step on this long-term booking road of myself and Michael Amplett booking Dominic Mysterio, electric chair and his dad on the ramp on Father's Day at Hell in a Cell. But I genuinely was quite happy with the Mysterios winning the tag titles, you know, straightforward sort of booking there. Uh, but also very entertaining that Dominic Mysterio got a sofa tipped onto my kickoff show. I got no out of this. It was so incredibly obvious hmm. what was going to happen. They took ages getting there. If I wanted it to happen in the first place, and I can't be because I'm not emotionally invested in any of this, but if I was, I would probably still be getting a little bit annoyed because what played out was so drab. Like if Rey Mysterio can't pull you into a scenario in which he must overcome the odds, then it must mean the layout of the match is bad because it's Rey Mysterio for Christ's sake. Mm. Dominic Mysterio can't emote. It's like he failed the test for me here. It's almost 2020 in like his first pro match. He was so, he wasn't particularly animated. He wasn't a charisma vacuum either. But I think what happened was he was so prodigiously good mm. mechanically and in terms of working a match and knowing when to do everything that it was like, Jesus Christ. I think people were blown away by those low expectations because he's become established now. You can analyze him by a different and more exacting standard, I think, in 2021 than we did last year. And for me, it's so impressive that he's emerged as just someone who fits right in mm. alongside so many pros who've been doing it for years. And some of them, even though you can't tell by the way WWE lays its matches out, but some of them are excellent at what they do. So he doesn't really feel out of place, which is an enormous credit to him in terms of like your regular seven-minute TV matches. But when he was asked to do the big, emotional climax to this kind of broad story and he just came out not emoting at all didn't look like he'd fought through anything he just kind of came out and touched his ribs and didn't look have an expression on his face it's just did nothing for me and it just illustrated that there's loads more work to be done with Dominic if in fact he can learn this yeah. kind of thing which is yeah. I think that's all but impossible I mean you can't really teach it um, you can't teach what he didn't do if that makes sense. So a bit of a worry for his um, prospects. I, I love the, uh, and we've ranted about this with Johnny Gargano, so I think it's fair to, to tar uh, Dominic Mysterio with the same brush. Oh, oh, I can't come out. I can't wrestle. Oh, my ribs. Oh, I've been down so for me. Oh, oh, what's that? The finish? Frog splash time, baby! <laughs> I just thought, oh, yeah, there we go. But, you know, it's for his dad, obviously. So that was a lovely touch. Um, and, yeah, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And we'll put more from that. Like I said, if it gets me the sadistic son turning on father on Father's Day, you can do what you like in the interim. Uh, a quick word before we get to the, the Raw Women's Championship match, the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Felt very sorry for them for being right in over the zombies. Here's Bianca Belair and Bailey, and I know we'll get to see the match again uh, inevitably. I've got a lot more to give. Just I don't know. Something felt a little bit off in that match. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't really rate it at all. Um, if it's a I was expecting something above the gentleman's three. You're not going to have the same magic in the air as WrestleMania night one, which is amazing. Um, I just thought, you know, Bailey's great. 
more than good enough as a performer at this point to not carry Belair because she's not green, but you know, she still hasn't become this consistent world beating performer. Yeah. So I expected something that wasn't going to electrify, but would just quietly unfold as a pretty damn good match without blowing me away. But I just thought it was clunky. I thought there was certain moments of hesitation and just stuff looked awkward and never got out of a certain gear. The finish looked whack. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it started strongly enough, but then it just petered out. Frittered away yes. is how I would describe um, what happened to this match. I just thought it wasn't particularly good. Mm. Let's talk about Rhea Ripley then. She retained the Raw Women's Championship, pinning Asuka as she should have done via the Riptide. Uh, I've written here, what's next for Rhea Ripley? It's Charlotte Flair, isn't it? Of course it was. Of course it was. And yeah, it was always going to happen. thought they could have at least had Charlotte Flair at the last nanosecond fail to break up the pin. That's one wrinkle of drama that they could have worked into the match that otherwise I really enjoyed. Mm. Shockingly enjoyed this match, um, considering that Rhea Ripley, just Christ, if you look at their WWE exclusive promo after the match, is bereft of confidence. Bless her, she's even said she's bereft of confidence when it comes to talking, but it hasn't really affected her in the ring on this evidence. Um, Charlotte Flair and Asuka having kind of regressed this year quite badly. I thought this was excellent. I usually hate a three-way, and you did get the usual tropes mm-hmm. that just completely break the immersion of I was pro giving wrestling. you a shout out on the stream mate I was calling this out every time I saw it especially in this match thank you because it's just the whole point is it breaks your immersion immersion is crucial in terms of pro wrestling which fundamentally is about suspending your disbelief and just to see someone selling something that they wouldn't sell for in a normal context just pisses me off and it's the problem with these with these matches um, but one of once they got that out of the way and it became an actual three-way match, which worked spots around the fact that there are three people in this ring. Like I love the front flip out of the suplex, chop block, double natural selection. Not only was it a great spot involving three people, but it was a great spot in a three-way match specifically involving Charlotte Flair. Like I just thought it was really quite organically done by the finish, but maybe they didn't want Charlotte Flair to look like a loser for failing to do something. So instead, they just kind of pretended for a moment that she wasn't there. She kicked someone. That being Asuka. Rhea Ripley was like, all right, okay, you've kicked her into my path. Thanks for that. She's prone for the riptide. I will do that and win. Like, where was Charlotte Flair? This is exactly what I was saying. People were saying, oh, they were saying she fell off the apron or she couldn't recover off the apron on the commentary. I can barely hear it. Obviously, we, we can't really blast it out when we're doing the live stream in particular. And I wouldn't want to listen to them half the time unless it's Pat McAfee on commentary, of course. Um... But yeah, I said the exact same thing because on the stream I went up, oh, Riptide, yet yeah, one, two, here comes Charlotte. Oh, there's oh, Pinder. <laughs> like, because I felt the exact same thing. It was a, a surreal bit of booking for both women's matches. Shonky finished the Bailey Bianca Belair thing with the hair and I don't know, the kick out. Was there a kick out? I don't, I don't really know what went on there. And yeah, same here. But yeah, I sense we're just going to get Rhea Ripley uh, getting confronted by Charlotte Flair tonight and maybe they take it to Helen Cell because Charlotte's quite good in those matches or, or what or they just have a straightforward match and then start slipping it up who knows do you think Asuka very quickly should be fed to Alexa Bliss because this doesn't feel like no. something you're going to write her off no I don't realise it's, it's you I shouldn't have said that right. look if you try to look at it through their lens um, if they want to get Alexa Bliss over and it looks like they do they've invested a lot of time and a lot of thought 
whatever passes for thought in that organization <laughs> into this character, then she's probably going to get more over. If I'm them, I would, but I wouldn't because I like Asuka and I think this Alexa Bliss character is absolutely woeful. Yeah. Uh, right, let's conclude by talking about a match that was a real genuine surprising popper for us uh, last night. We, we went in, three big blokes kicking the crap out of each other. We knew what to expect. We'd seen a lot of it on Monday Night Raw. But yeah, you and I had a great time watching Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Obviously, you would assume Bobby and Drew head to hell in a cell off the back of this. But what a mad, exactly what I needed match for the WWE Championship we got. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The main event was by far better work, quote-unquote. Mm. It was a better match. The actual wrestling component of that match was just far more sophisticated. The selling was great, yada, yada, yada. I had way more fun watching this one. Mm. I couldn't quite believe it. Strowman took a Michinoku driver, <laughs> got bonked on his head with an overhead belly-to-belly, Drew McIntyre's Claymore. He came off the apron as well. And I think it was Drew who stopped him from Drew, landing. Drew like, did really yeah. well, yeah. Um, Drew's Claymore looked just enough not like a flying nothing, even though what it was. And it's like, I love how instantaneously he got smashed through that table. There's mm. just something about how fast it happened. Look, it was, uh, for years, I'm trying to, I've always tried to articulate my thoughts on the new WWE style and how it's sort of tried to fold in elements of the super indie style broadly. And it always feels like they hate it enough. They recognize that they have to evolve, but they hate it enough where they just temper it with rest holding all the way throughout these indie versions of matches they do now. This was like an undiluted, right? It's really fun when you see the juxtaposition of big guys doing small guy spots. And they just did that throughout this match without any kind of WWE playbook bollocks to ruin that exhilarating juxtaposition thrill. You had so much fun watching this. Doesn't necessarily mean the TV is going to be good subsequent to it, but they got the tone of this match perfect for me. It does actually make sense as well in terms of storyline for if Drew says, you know, I had the match won and, or he has to win a match or whatever they, you know, whatever convoluted way they, they go. Tried and true. Yeah, whatever the way they go down to get a match. And Bobby says, all right, you get a match for me. But it's in Hell in a Cell because that's where he lost the WWE Championship. I didn't think he should have done, obviously, with the Randy Orton stuff. But, you know, we're getting Hell in a Cell because, well, I was going to say it's that time of year. It's not now, but it's June and you know what that means. Hell in a bloody cell. Um but yeah, Bobby and Drew in Hell and Cell, especially off the back of this, could be bonkers. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as bonkers because the third man, but mm-hmm. it'll be a different kind of Hell in a Cell match to what we've seen uh, recently. Be fun just watching them like just fly and smash each other into the mesh. Just a different kind of a Hell in a Cell match. So that should be good, but you can't sit here and get wild about the build when we saw the build at WrestleMania and the build at WrestleMania Backlash. It'll be horrendous. Then like, this fleeting half decent mood I'm in after a WWE pay-per-view will evaporate within minutes of watching Raw at night. But we'll get through it together, and that's the most important thing. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. 
follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including, of course, our review of Monday Night Raw, complete with a five star review. Review if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related like the ECW zombie, uh, then you can do so by subscribing to What Called Dressing on iTunes and leaving a five-star review there. But we'll be back tomorrow reviewing Monday Night Raw. For now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 